BDNG podcast. My name is Tina McKenzie and I am the Education Development Lead for the BDNG. I hope you enjoy listening to the BDNG podcast and find them beneficial to your practice. These podcasts are sponsored by Amaral. Amaral has no influence over the content of these podcasts. Happy listening! Hello and welcome back to the BDNG. We are here at Harrogate. My name is Ashton Cleary and I'm a clinical nurse specialist in dermatology. And alongside me today is my co-host Emmanuel Tony. Say hello, Manny. Hello, and I'm an ACP in dermatology as well. And today we have Nicola Husum with us today. And um, we are going to talk all about fire risk and emollients. Welcome to the podcast, Nicola. Good morning. So first of all, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and where the interest in fire risk and emollients came came about? So yeah, my name is Nicola Housen. I'm an, also an ACP in dermatology and I live in Lincolnshire and I cover all the trust in Lincolnshire. My emollient and fire sort of interest came from, I happen to be married to a fireman mm-hmm. and there was quite a few discussions because there were some fatalities um, and some problems in some nursing homes with emollients and fire. So you can imagine the conversation over the dinner table um, coming from a, a dermatology nurse who didn't want to stop the use of emollients, whereas the fire brigade was starting to get very itchy about the emollients and the quantities and what patients were doing in their home. Um, and it came to my attention that some firemen were getting um, patients to even lock the emollients up because that was their perception of the risk. So it led to some interesting discussions and out of that came a day. So um, my husband and I arranged a training day for the local fire brigade and we also decided to actually assess the risk on fabric with emollients. Um, and the past studies that have been done by uh, Dr Sarah Hall had all been focused on bedding and sort of cotton um, products whereas actually in dermatology we use a lot of viscose and we use a lot of um, wet wrapping on children a lot of um, wet wrapping on legs and things like that so I decided to use the viscose so we prepared all these viscose dressings with um, a selection of different types of emollients um, from a high paraffin content to low paraffin content I, I wrote in a consultant and her child and I had to wear these overnight um, so we impregnated um, the viscose with these different types of emollients and they were all carefully labeled up and measured and then we also did exactly the same experiment exactly the same emollients but we washed the viscose and then on the day we did a day of training in the morning talking to local firemen the national fire chiefs council um, we also got um, some local care associations in and the county council uh, because they're the ones that are sending the carers into these patient homes and we'll see the risk in patients homes so we talked to them about emollients taught you know um, explained what they were why patients were using them the fire investigation team came in and said what they'd seen on the fire ground. So we had a full training and then in the afternoon we got to set fire to things. Well, I wasn't allowed to. I'm not, not deemed competent enough <laughs> to set fire to products. So I wanted to do it in a real world setting rather than in a lab because the other studies have been done in a laboratory. Well, our patients don't live in a laboratory. So I thought it was really important we did it in as real world setting as we could. Um, and we used a tea light actually as our ignition source because we know lots of patients have lots of tea lights and candles as well as their smoking and things like that. And um, yeah, the MRH had renewed their guidance and and because at first it was thought that high paraffin products were the ones that were the high risk. But actually it turns out that any single, any emollient will burn if it's impregnated into something and there's an ignition source. And that's what we found. And also they ignited very well, even though they'd been washed. So it was really interesting to do it on the viscose and it's highly flammable and goes up. And because it's highly flammable and burns for quite a long time, the sort of fabric acts like a wick you know, like a candle wick, so it goes up very quickly. And because it retains the heat and burns for longer, if anybody's wearing that product, it's going to stay on the skin ignited for a long period of time. Um, so I, we did this day, and then I was able to present it as a scientific presentation and as a poster of the findings at BDNG last year. 
Um, and it won the best scientific um, presentation uh, because I had permission from some of the families of where there'd been fatalities um, to bring their stories to life and why it's, it became a problem. So, but my main thing is really we don't we must not stop our patients using these emollients. They're incredibly important for their care. But it's about assessing the risk for those patients. You know, are they at risk? And it's very hard in a hospital setting because we don't always know what those patients are doing at home. I was a district nurse for quite a few years before I came into dermatology, so I've seen how patients live, and sometimes you would be quite surprised <laughs> compared to what we think they do in hospital. And patients will do very strange things. So you need to think about those patients that may be at risk. And a lot of the MRHA work and the work done in the laboratories has been looking at the older age patients that smoke on home oxygen, having lots of emollients um, but one of my main concerns was also children because I do paediatric dermatology as well as adult and we smother our children in emollients and then put viscose dressings on them and off they go and is anybody thinking about those parents who smoke or have an open fire and things like that and nobody's really sort of sort of looked at that risk as well. So in terms of risk is there any kind of validated risk assessment tools that we could be using as dermatology nurses that we yeah to help identify those at risk? So the MRHA has a toolkit and the toolkit is readily available with a teaching program that you can use for your teams. Some fire brigades have um, really good risk tools. Uh, my local fire brigade, Linkage Fire Brigade, has what's known as Sherman. So it's looking for those patients and they've got each one's got like, so you're looking for hoarders as well. So smokers, hoarders, reduced mobility. So there's things like that. But the MRHA toolkit is out there. But the main risk and where patients have actually um, died, because there has been about 50 deaths, is looking for those smokers on home oxygen poor mobility especially ones that smoke in bed they're, they're often the ones that are very high risk so if you have someone that you've identified via a toolkit to be high risk but has you know psoriasis palsy 30 or you know very high dry skin condition what, what would you do so what you can do is use the toolkit there's some very good hints and tips on there but you need to involve your local fire safety advocates and nearly all fire brigade services have them and they will go and do home visits and they can often put special smoking materials in there that reduce the risk. They can put um, special flammability bedding in place. They can put smoke detection in place and put lots of things like that. So contact your fire safety advocate team and they will go and do that home visit and assess the risk. We can't do that in hospital, but they are really good at going and doing home risks. They will make sure there's smoke detection in the home and everything like that to try and reduce the risk for those patients. You've also mentioned as well just about uh, washing clothes and you found that didn't matter because my uh, my kind of limited understanding is I've always kind of been taught tell them to wash it at 60 degrees. Yeah. So did it make any difference that you're aware of? It, it, it sort of made it slightly harder to ignite but once it was ignited it still burnt and it burnt for a long period of time. And the studies that have been done in the laboratory are matching this up as well. They were finding it was still impregnated to a certain level. Um, and also, um, especially this is valid for nursing homes. So when they're doing multi-washes, so if they've got a patient who's using lots of emollients and all that wash with towels and bedding goes in together with patients who aren't, it will even impregnate the other sort of towels and bedding that are in the washing machine with it. So um, because there was a nursing home had an incident where they'd put those sort of products, um, towels and um, sheets in an airing cupboard right next to a heat source. And it started to sort of 
combust and stuff because they'd put it right next to a heat source. But they believed because they'd washed it, the risk had gone. So it is still there. So washing is good because it will reduce the risk slightly, but they still mustn't think that the risk's gone completely. So I'm taking from this conversation that perhaps it would be wise when you have patients electrovise that they wash those clothes separate and bed sheets from yes. others. I think that's fair to say. And replace the viscose. It's much harder with children using the viscose dressings to replace them. But if they're using wraps on legs... So our stocking neck type things, it's probably don't wash it, throw it away and get a new bit each time. When you said to contact the, the local fire brigade, so a lot of our patients might be, you know, um, a big tertiary centre. So we might n- know, you know, which... Well, you'll know which county they live in and yeah. each fire brigade is based in a county. Okay. So it's a county service. Um, so every county that they live in will have their fire brigade. Um, they will, and each fire brigade has a fire safety or fire advocate safety team mm-hmm. that are there to reduce the risk. Brilliant. Because obviously the, the, they don't want to be going to house fires. Yeah. Um, they want they will send a team into the home. Another one that's quite good if you are worried if you haven't got can't contact fire safety. Sometimes district nurses mm-hmm. will pay visits to homes and go and look. Is there a risk? Because they're so used to looking at the risk in patients' homes. It's what they do on a daily basis. Fantastic. And that information obviously because it's on the MHRA website but um making sure that it's you know as you said um in gp practices that district nurses get this information and pharmacies it's really important because now emollients are actually labeled the warning risk is on emollients but it's very obviously small print and some people just we all know we don't read information when we get (laughs) it (laughs) um so it's about promoting that so pharmacies are it's really important that pharmacies are, are noting this and giving the message out as well one of my things is people need to be aware of is um that's what's supplied on prescription people buy moisturizers you can go into any supermarket high street chemist mm. and buy whatever moisturizer you want and that doesn't come with a fire label um, neither does sun cream yeah. um, and sun cream is quite a significant risk to one of us um, I, I always think you know you stick sun cream on our husbands who are cooking on the open barbecue and then <laughs> it's, so just little things that you know you think oh because we did set fire to sun cream on the day as well I took some sun creams with me just out of curiosity just to see well they're flammable <laughs> but please do wear sun cream. But please do wear sun cream. Yeah. Don't stop wearing sun cream. But just, you know, maybe it's not a near and open yeah. ignition yeah. source. Yeah. <laughs> so the journal, I, I wrote it up as a journal article. It's been published this month in the Dermatology Nursing. And also the next piece of work is I'm working with Leicester University because they had done on the bedding and things like that. So they've now done all the science on the viscose dressing. So we are looking at bandages and the risk with fire. So hopefully that will go in um, somewhere and get published early probably next year as well. So that's really good. Great. And do you have any key take-home messages, just any nice points for the nurses listening? Yeah, so don't stop the emollients. (laughs) Um, They're really important um, in our treatment of our patients. But just being mindful of the risk and those patients that may be at risk, um, the smokers, the elderly, reduced mobility, and maybe young children if their parents smoke. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For further information on the BDNG, visit our website bdng.org.uk and watch out for the next BDNG podcast, which is coming soon.